BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that and online therapy is in my opinion even better than going to a therapist's office because let's face it our lives have changed the last year or so and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because For many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. 
Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, Whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. Thank you for your support. 
this podcast has officially reached number 60 in the mental health podcast genre in the United States. Uh, Given the fact that there are hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there on the interwebs, the fact that my little podcast has reached number 60, um, I feel like that's a pretty dope accomplishment. And not to toot my own horn, but, you know, this podcast was started out of nothing. I mean, I started it at my kitchen table when I was living in Miami, going through the, the most challenging time of my life, very dark, very... Um, lonely, very isolating, very uncertain, and I had just healed my broken arm. I had just gotten back from Tulum for my birthday. I did a few really intense Temescal sweat lodge ceremonies when I went to Tulum, and I had like these crazy mind-opening experiences. If you've never done a Temescal sweat lodge, it's really powerful, and you honestly feel like you're on psychedelics, and the group that I did it with was just like the most powerful group of young adult humans, all very tapped into spirituality. I made friends with the shaman there and his family, and I've known them for over a year now um so it was like you know each time I go to Tulum I do these sweat lodge ceremonies with them and I trust them fully and I've had some really really crazy awakening experiences uh using that modality of healing and like I said you're not taking anything you're not smoking anything you're not eating any mushrooms you're not putting acid on under your tongue there's no drug that you're doing, but it taps you into this higher knowing, this very, it's like you, you walk into a portal, and a Temescal is all about um, the mother wound, the healing, healing the womb, and you're going back into the womb. That's why they, they make these huts where obviously you sweat, and you're in, you're very close to everybody who is who is in the hut because it's it's very just a tight tight you know situation um but you're supposed to be going back into the womb and a lot of it has to do with clearing emotional wounds that have to do with mental health and i connected it to, to mental health in regards to um my mother and my grandmother and that feminine kind of bloodline. So, yeah, the reason why I share that story is because that's what actually broke me into being ready to create the podcast. Before that, I had so many people messaging me and saying, you should you should really start a podcast because all I was doing was like listening to podcasts and sharing what podcasts I was listening to and at the time I was writing a lot and I was like man I don't feel like I like I can you know express myself to the full potential with just long posts on Instagram you know I mean 
I do love reading articles. I love reading people's vulnerabilities and their posts on Instagram. But sometimes it's like I don't want to just be on Instagram, you know, scrolling and reading. I'd like a new dimension of connection, which is why I decided to move into the modality of the podcast because uh, it's it creates a new layer. It it, it completely it completely turns me into this three-dimensional picture and text person, being, entity, energy, and then it transforms me into this, like, new six-dimensional, you know, like, I'm I'm a voice, I'm in your ears, you can be doing whatever you want to be doing, you can be living your life, and you can be listening to the podcast, and that's what I love about podcasts and listening to them is because you can just be productive and doing it, doing whatever it is that you, you need to be doing in your life while you are not feeling alone. And we all know that in these times right now, we are all feeling this wave of isolation and solitude. And even though I was deep within a spiritual solitude before this quarantine, uh, we're all feeling it much, much more now. So that's actually what this episode's about. Uh, Me and Ryan Singer, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he is a comedian. He lives out in Los Angeles. Uh, He has a podcast. He has two podcasts, actually. One of them is Paranormal You and Me. I believe that's what it's called, where he talks about um, all of his journeys with paranormal activities, spirit guides, spirituality, tapping into different dimensions, meditation, and he has a lot of really awesome guests. And then his other podcast is called Where the Magic Happens, where uh, him and his co-host Angela Lovell they are talking about all things spirituality and spell work and witchcraft and it's a really funny podcast it literally makes me laugh because it's not all serious it's they share a lot of stories and funniness and real life scenarios and how it connects to magic and spell work and gods and goddesses and um, it's a really it's a really awesome podcast if you need something lighthearted to tap into, but you're also trying to keep keep it going with spirituality and you enjoy learning about spirituality and and books and different practices and rituals that you can incorporate in your healing regime because magic is definitely connected to spirituality. Um, And like I said, he is a comedian, so they make it funny. I mean, the stories they have to share, his voices and his his little, like, um, commentary, it's just, it really just is awesome. So you're going to, you're going to like that podcast. But this podcast that I'm sharing today is an, is a conversation that me and him had together. And it's a really good one. I listened to it through again, and it's really juicy. We talk about how quarantine and the pandemic is forced shadow work for the collect for the collective. We talk about tolerating being alone versus just allowing and accepting 
a very isolating and lonely period of time. We talk about different seasons of awakening, how everyone is forced to face their demons and face their toxic cycles and patterns at this time, and how we can be, how we can fall into power systems and comparison traps, especially with social media. We do talk a lot about how um, comparison and social media can really fuck up our mental health. So I think that is just really important to talk about right now, especially in this landscape that we're in. A lot of people are falling into old patterns and cycles that they know they shouldn't be, and that's all the more reason why we should be talking about this stuff. We also talk about submerging ourselves um, in outside validation and how we can feel like we'll be running away from our problems and by doing that we we turn to let's say you know trying to make money trying to get successful trying to lose weight trying to get a better relationship trying to do this and that buying this buying that um all the things that aren't really going to help us navigate through our problems it's just like the constant band-aids um we also talk about moving. I talk a lot about my Saturn return and healing toxic relationships and rock bottoms because, you know, that's what we talk about here on The Vibe Within. We talk about rock bottoms and we talk about how they can transform us into this, like, self-healing medicinal fairy and what else we talk about healing our health healing the relationships we're in family dynamics toxic scenarios triggers all the things and i think you're really going to enjoy this this flowy juicy conversation with ryan he made me laugh a lot he'll make you laugh a lot he has a lot to offer he's super smart he's been you know he's been in the comedy realm for a while now but he's also been in the spirituality realm for a long time and he has some really cool stories and perceptions and and perspectives about just diving into this inner work he's he's just a really fucking cool dude so i hope that you enjoy this episode if you do definitely share it with a friend or a family member uh just screenshot it tag text whatever you do these days um the reason why the podcast is what it is is because of you guys i've said it before i'll say it again this is a one woman show i do it all i do everything from my old as fuck macbook pro that is missing a key and there's several letters and numbers that don't even work anymore so you can imagine how frustrating it is when you are typing. Um, I have to copy and paste a lot. But yes, this is a one-woman show, and it's thriving because of you guys, because you guys leave me your five-star ratings and you leave me a short review on iTunes. That's what helps the podcast thrive. So if you haven't done that yet and you have you know, a minute or two in your day to do that, I would really appreciate it. It takes 30 seconds. I really I'm just grateful for you guys and keep uh, reaching out to me on Instagram or via email and send me your your questions your 
whatever you're going through, it's really nice to find and to hear some uh, real life stories about, you know, how the podcast resonates with you, if it does, if it doesn't. Um, but for the most part, all you guys really feel um, very similar to one another, and we're all in this collective soup together. So, I mean, we're all tapped into spirituality. If you if you weren't, you wouldn't really be listening to this podcast. So uh, we're all in the same level, the same vibe, and a lot of the same emotional, mental illness waves and, you know, emotional turbulence that we feel, we're all feeling it together. So we're all kind of moving through this uncertainty together. So yeah, just wanted to say thank you so much. And let's just get right into the episode with Ryan Singer. Oh, wait, where, where's the number? Here's the title. Family and friends stuck in 3D, being in 5D, clairvoyance, sex dreams, past lives, and spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an interesting, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but um, I mean, people's ears probably lit up a little bit about the sex dreams part. But um, the uh, what basically you were detailing four different crystals that gave you sex dreams, like three nights in a row, which I thought was pretty funny because I've never even thought of crystals in that way as far as um, activating, um, you know, that part of, you know, the sleeping mind. uh, Me either. Me either, really. Um, But I was having serious nightmares, like, like terrorizing kind of nightmares, but not the kind of nightmares. It's like, oh, you know, somebody's killing somebody else. It's like, it's like you close your eyes and you're not in your reality anymore. And now you're in a reality that feels exactly like your reality in real life, but things are happening that just are really fucked up, like with people who you know, or, you know, just drama, and it feels so real, you know, so I was having a lot of those types of dreams, and I recently just decided I'm just going to put these few crystals under my pillow, like just whatever one's called to me. Cause I recently got a, an orange citrine crystal from this place over here in Tampa, which I really felt attracted to. And then I put a uh, rose quartz under it, uh, an amethyst and a blue crystal. I forget the name of it. And I kid you not. And this is very rare for me. Um, I had sex dreams for three nights in a row. And one of them was a lucid dream. And, um, I was like, I have to, I have to record about this. Cause I'm like your biggest skeptic. Like I, I do believe in crystals. I do believe in energy healing, but I don't think that it's like a cure all. And, um, I recorded about it and I had so many people DM me like, Oh really? Like mostly dudes. But, um, yeah, of course. Now <laughs> yeah. it's interesting here because I mean, you know, I, I don't want to know details about like the sex dreams. Obviously, we're not going to go that direction with it. But for me, the interesting part of for people to to hear about this is it's the contrast of where you were coming from. Um, like you were saying, like you, you touched on it, you went from these nightmares. Um, and I do have experience with nightmares uh, when I was younger. And then I kind of made myself stop remembering dreams for many, many years. And I also have experience with people that are close to me who they're experienced debilitating nightmares um, that that yeah that cross over into the waking life so i i do understand how powerful 
a, a, a nightmare can be in affecting the waking life. And oh yeah. That's the worst though. That's the worst part of it. Cause like I, the most recent time that happened was I had a dream um, about my sister and this like this really abusive ex-boyfriend that she used to have um, really kind of fucked up scenario that she was in years ago. So she's, you know, this isn't recent, um, but I woke up so pissed and I was like, I can't fucking believe this. You know what I mean? And, it, and I, it's like, it's so hard to disconnect from, from that and shake it off. Like it really, it really is for me sometimes. So. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating when you get into like, you know, people go down rabbit holes. I'm not sure how far down the rabbit holes you've gone as far as like the dream research and some of these alternative institutions or institutes that do like the uh, kind of the fringe dream work studies. Um, What's that? Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's one in um, ironically, not ironically, but um, there's a lot of really weird research happening in Charlottesville. Um, the place where that, uh, where like the neo-Nazi kids were, what was that last year? Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think it was, yeah, 2019. But anyway, there's, there's a lot of really weird, like interesting paranormal ish type research happening in that area. Strangely enough. Um, I don't think the two things are connected, but the, um, oh gosh, I wish I could. And then it's like some really, it's like, a um, I'm trying now I'm trying to remember the name of this movie that Robert Redford was in with Jason Siegel. Um, it's about this doctor who discovers that death, who proves scientifically that death isn't real, but it's like, it's got, mm. he's got like this like compound of like acreage where he has like his institute and does his like, uh, experiments and stuff. Oh, I um, think I know what you're talking about, but I forget what that's called. Yeah. It's like, it's like pretty dark and, and, and yeah. disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, what is it? Uh, Rooney Mara is in it. Is that her name? Um, anyway, the that is kind of the place when i when i think of this like real life like dream research place it's it's kind of like that property in that movie because it's like privately donated like by some like really rich people back in the day so it's like this compound of sprawling acres where you can go and you can kind of go into this like dream research lab i but would anyway, be so it, down for dream research <laughs> yeah i tried to i was trying to get an ex-girlfriend of mine years ago and uh we were trying to figure out how to get her into a place because there's one on the west coast um as well i believe but they do this research and they find out that when it comes to like not understand like especially when the lucid dreaming becomes a really big part of it the idea of like being aware that you're in a dream uh when that happens like on like a nightly basis, then it becomes even more difficult for people in their waking life to understand like, okay, well, I'm awake now in this dream. Like they, like, you know, like I'm awake. Right. Typically when we feel like, oh, I'm awake now, I just woke up. Okay, time to have my day. That's, um, you know, the similar sensation to like coming to awareness of this being a dream. And then sure. like the, the, the lines blur. And yeah. it becomes very, very difficult for certain people um when they like they go like hardcore into it or oh, if it's yeah. just something they struggle or like suffer from to understand what the fuck is even real anymore yeah like uh, like you know is this all a dream is this reality that we're in just one big dream and then once we quote unquote die or whatever um then then we wake up and in, into like this reality that we totally forgot about that we were that we were part of yeah i i, I that's a concept i think about a lot like 
are yeah. we are we in the womb right now too like is another way i think of it are yeah. we in the womb and, and we're getting and death is actually our true birth um it's it's really fun to think about that stuff but like some if i think if i sit and think about it way too long i i really i feel like i start to like kind of lose my grip <laughs> yeah yeah it gets it get it can get kind of daunting and then you're kind of just sitting in a room by yourself like looking around like what <laughs> yeah just like not believing in anything yeah. um which you know i mean has its benefits at times i guess but let's talk about um cuz there's well there's a lot of things we could talk about um, today mm. we could talk about your Saturn return. We could talk about your journey. Um, oh, yeah. we, we could talk about, um, you know, the, for me, there's like the interesting aspect that I think we're all, I do want to talk because I think you're the first person that mentioned it to me. Um, we were messaging each other about this is like the, the world being forced to do shadow work. Oh yeah. I really and, do think so. Yeah. And when you said that to me, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. So maybe let's just start with that. Um, here from, from, from here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, basically the situation that our, not just the country is in, it's a global, um, it's a global situation and it's, you know, as a country, as we live in the United States are very privileged. I think things have gotten really, um, toxic and weird and uh not just with social media but just in life in general with like how our life is expected to be and um patriarchy and um family trauma and it's it just feels like everybody's dealing with so much and yet even though everybody's dealing with so much um people are kind of putting on their blindfold over and over again because they don't want to deal with things and the best way to you know run away from your problems is submerge yourself into work or you know making money or chasing success or fame um or status or you know glamorizing people's relationships or their bodies and it's it's snowballed into this and what it feels like in my energy is just it it's snowballed into this constant um tornado and i feel like the fact that everybody is literally quarantined now um is in a social uh solitude which i've kind of been in for a little while now anyways so it's not really affecting me too much but i can only imagine the the collective who who really hates being alone who really cannot cannot tolerate being alone who needs to be going out who needs to constantly be grasping on to like new things or better things or better friends or better relationship constantly seeking for more and we're in our homes trying to heal our our health our physical health but with that comes healing the relationships that we're in, in our home, you know, like, um, I'm in my house, I'm living with my mom, my stepdad, which, um, I just moved here in January because I got a huge download on my birthday, which is 1212. And apparently there was like some big portal on that day. And, um, I remember just getting hit 
constantly over the head with all these downloads. Spirit was just screaming at me saying, you need to focus on your health. You need to move out of Philly. You need to move back in, in with your mom. Even though that sounds crazy, you have to. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you like, never in a million years would I ever think I would move in with my mom and my stepdad as a 30 year old after all the shit that I've been through with them. Um, I didn't have the best adolescence. Um, there was a lot of emotional and verbal and a little bit of physical abuse in, in the home. So I never thought that I would move back in with them, but the screams and the calls from spirit just, I couldn't ignore it. And I was like, this is happening for a reason, you know? So I didn't ignore it. And, you know, it just so happens that, you know, two months in now we're quarantined and it's like, well, you, now you're forced. Now you're forced to deal with your trauma. Now you're forced to deal with your, your patterns and your cycles and, and the way that your mom treats you or the way that your dad treats you or your brothers or your roommates, like it's time to deal with shit. Yeah. And it's, you, you know, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. it's funny i like how you use the word screams too when it comes to the universe because i'm also thinking about when it comes to like the falling of you know power systems and like like the patriarchy or you know other and or you name it right like it's one thing for like one big power system to fall down um which is kind of it's it's a paradigm shift um in our in our understanding of what our reality is and it feels like all of them are kind of yeah. coming down. And because I think what we didn't, what a lot of us maybe didn't understand, myself included, was just how deeply connected every single damn thing is. So like, therefore, you know, the patriarchy cannot fall without tumbling all this other stuff because it's all so intertwined into each other. And no matter in, you know, so like when you hear all these screams of the falling of those grasping to power, it's like, you know, like we can only, the more screams we hear, the bigger the earplugs we want to put in, you know, like when Mm -hmm. we're talking about unplugging and disconnecting and through all those different ways, like, you know, the relationships or self and, or work. It it is fascinating that the screams seem to have gotten too loud. And then the earth finally chimed in and said, I'm going to scream louder than any of you can ever block. And that's where (laughs) we're at now. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what has happened over, you know, since my Saturn return really started, um, which if you're not familiar with the Saturn return, it usually starts, the, the pre-shadow is, you know, when, when you're in your late 27 range, 27, um, and then really hits 28. And then the peak of your Saturn return is apparently 29 and a half. And then it starts to dwindle down, but everybody's different. It could actually last until you're 33. I've heard, you know, several different theories on that. But um, ever since I really did step in my Saturn return and started to awaken, if if you like that word, or like really open my eyes and see like how my relationships have been and because drugs and alcohol have, have always kind of been a, a layer over me. And I, once I started to lift that off of me and really like decalcify my brain and like let go of all these, these toxic layers that were just blocking me from seeing my true reality, whatever that is, but just like a cleaner kind of reality as to to have more truth to it. You know what I mean? Like, um, without the, without the fuzz, 
um, when I started doing that, then my, my clear senses started to kick in, um, and my psychic abilities started to, to, to click in. And, um, then on 12, 12, it just, it was just so apparent. It was kind of scary too, because, um, I never had heard, a, a voice like that before, like so serious, so demanding, um, that if you don't listen, then something really bad is going to happen. And I was like, all right, because my health has been up and down. I, I have an autoimmune disease. I just got diagnosed with Hashimoto and, you know, just the whole autoimmune stuff um, and dealing with it for years. But living in, in Philly, where I was living for seven months, wasn't doing me any good. It was very, very toxic. And um, I had to just make a choice. And the older I get, the more. I realized that I can't resist anymore and I need, I needed to just surrender. And that's a huge part of, um, if you are in your Saturn return or you are just going through a hard time in your life, doesn't matter what age you are. Um, understanding that like the waves of chaos, they, that's what they are. They're waves and they, the tide goes in and out. And in order to ride that wave, it's as cliche as it sounds, you have to kind of surrender because you literally don't know what, what source or what universe has in store for you um and we are like the writers of our script but um only to a certain certain extent and that's when it's really important to just tap into your inner voice and your highest self and your spirit guides because um sometimes we don't know why the fuck things are happening and when we can kind of look at it from a different angle as like oh maybe like you know, this is why the universe led me here because it was leading me breadcrumbs to meet, to meet this person. And then I got this opportunity and then, you know, this shit show happened. And then, but then that led me to, to this. And then, you know, it, it's like, it's just such a crazy fucking thing that the other day, actually, um, I was listening to the, the astrology podcast, which is like the best podcast ever. If you're just trying to like dive into like rabbit holes of astrology. Um, and the, the guy who's in charge of it was like talking about Saturn return. And he said, you know what? I think that if you want to send in your videos, everybody can send in five minute videos uh, explaining your Saturn return. So that got me thinking. And I said, I'm just going to like start writing. I, I created a writing prompt and I was like, I'm just going to write out my entire Saturn return as if it was like scenes to a movie, like just been bullet points. And <laughs> after I was done, I literally sat there looking at it and I was like, no fucking wonder. I'm like, I'm a psycho, you know? <laughs> like it just on paper it's just literally insane like you can't even make this shit up it's funny how close psycho and psychic are and <laughs> the uh you know it's like just one i mean they're they're pretty close the you know the i and the o are are so close you know they're relatively close in the alphabet as well it is it is funny because like i mean i think anybody listening to this if they're of a certain age if they're of the age of you know i've going through it or having gone through it in the past, I would even recommend they just kind of hit the pause button right now. Um, mm -hmm. and then just kind of come back and, you know, uh, give yourself 15 minutes right now, hit the pause button and examine, go back and examine your, your life and your age. Yeah. And then really think about what was happening in, in roughly this time period for you. 
because I already know what was going on in mine and it's fucking bonkers. Um, and what, like, was, what was going on? Well, first of all, I was, I think I was, I was probably 25, 26 before I even really started doing cocaine. Um, and then I just went like, my thing is when, at least when I was younger, like if I did something and I liked it, even the littlest bit, it's like, this is my life now. You know, I kind of go all in on things. Right. And, um, I'm like an egg. I've never, you know, my basket has always been full of eggs, you know, like I'm all my eggs go into a basket when I do something and, um, you're determined. Yes. And, and I believe, you know what I mean? There's, there's a, even when I'm, but you know, that can be misplaced at times. Yeah. I mean, I've emptied out my bank account and I've maxed out my credit cards. Um, I don't even know how many times, cause I believed in a project I was self-financing and I'm like, this is, I'm not even worried about this. Is this going to make me rich? You know what I mean? Right. And then, you know, cut to, it doesn't make me rich, but something happens and I can eventually kind of claw my way a little bit out of it. But, um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. But then when I'm 29 is the first time I ever have a serious relationship that starts. And then like at 30, uh, I'm in my first serious relationship ever and everything changes. I change my comedy. I change everything that happened to me. Talk about an awakening. I mean, this was 13 years ago and that's when I realized I could be funnier if I was happy. And I had leaned into and many comedians still to this day are like you can't be funny if you're happy you yeah know, i was gonna say it's very dark. rare yeah and so i remember even 13 years ago telling people about it i think there's like a, a there's like an artifact or if you go on a comedy central's website you can almost you can find like a very early bio from me uh, where I'm talking about it. And like, I remember my friends were like, you're, you've lost your goddamn mind, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, you'll see, you'll see, I can be funnier when I'm happy. And then, um, that changed my life. And, um, so that's probably the, the first big awakening that I had that was like a, a legitimate awakening that stuck, if that makes sense. And not just like a, a phase or a spiritual trend I went through. And like you were, you were awakening to what, like the fact that you were kind of dark and you didn't like that anymore and you didn't want to be in that, that headspace. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and on top of all that, committing to it, committing to that belief system, I understood somehow on some level, even if I couldn't articulate it at the time, that I yeah. was putting all of my energy into committing to that, to that belief system that the darkness must always be like, I used to run around saying stuff like, you know what? I'll never, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be in love, but I'll be sexually satisfied. You know, like, you know, like, you know, I'll be rich. I'll be famous. Um, I'll be lonely and miserable, but at least I'll be having sex. Like, so you know, LA. Yeah. Right. So like, and this was when I was in Dayton, Ohio of all places, but with an LA, LA mind, I guess. Yeah. But, um, so like, because I was just not because I'm like, some guy who's just like, I could never, I need to have sex with a million people. But it was because like, I, I was convinced I couldn't ever be um, happy or, or in a relationship or that no one would truly love me. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly it right there. That's a huge part of uh, the Saturn return in general is like claiming your self-worth and like seeing how you really are in, in the world and how, because you don't, because I, I forget where this is from. I was listening to some podcast or I, I, I binge on so many podcasts, but they're saying, you know, you have the version of you that, that you know, and then every person in your life 
has a different version of of you in their perspective so there's like a million versions of you that you're not even aware of and I don't Which know, is that, so trippy. That that yeah, I didn't like when I <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, but, no, that's that exact same theme came up for me. Like that sentiment, for whatever reason, was really like presenting itself to me as well from a lot of different angles. It, like about three months ago, four months ago, it seemed like mm-hmm. every it seemed like I was hearing this everywhere from people from disconnected people and from other sources, and I'm just like this thing is really like the universe wants me to understand this right now. Um, and it, the, yeah. And at first I was just like, Oh God, because the control freak part of me is like, I have no control over people's perception of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my and God. what sucks is like, you know, as you're going through this awakening process, whatever age you are, um, you know, you're like reborn so many different times. And like, especially if you're into spirituality and yoga, like the person that you were six months ago is completely different than who you are today. And the person that I was back in January is completely different person. Um, And so it's really hard to awaken and be like, oh yeah, I'm bettering myself and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working on my reactions and I'm, I'm meditating and I'm, I'm becoming just such a better person. But then when you're faced with people like your family or your friends who you've known for, you know, all your life, um, especially family, they know you as the, the version of yourself when you were at your worst. Usually that's how people remember you unless, um, you know, you really came out of it and, quote unquote, proved to them that you're a better person, which is bullshit. Like, I feel like everybody has bad years or months or weeks. And um, personally, in my journey, this has been a huge shadow work, you know, theme for me is that I can't sit here and like, persuade a family member or a friend that, you know, just to let go of the past and, and that I'm not like that anymore. I, you know, cause when, when you're on drugs or when you're in toxic relationships with narcissists or people who are taking advantage of you, you're not a good, you're not like in your best self. You're like really feeling awful and you're treating, I, I treated my family like shit, you know? And I still, I still get in those, those reactions where I like, I react and I use anger. Um, definitely not how I used to, but it's really hard to, to mend relationships when you're in this realm of, of awakening and spirituality. Um, and then people just are like, oh yeah, bullshit, you know? (laughs) All right, let's be real. Buying vitamins and supplements can become overwhelming and super stressful. Honestly, I find myself in rabbit holes on the internet trying to find the lowest prices for the best supplements and it can feel like a full-time job. If you're anything like me and really into healing holistically through vitamins and supplements, then using Care Of is a great way to simplify the entire process. The best part of Care Of is that they specifically curate your daily vitamin packs to be exactly what your body needs to function at its best. All you do is take a quick 5-minute online quiz and you can even customize your daily supplement packets too. Not only do they have top quality vitamins, but I've really been loving the single packets of probiotics, the chill factor, and the dream team single packets, which can promote healthy relaxation and sleep, which I need all the help I can get in that department because I have insomnia. 
and since I have a lot going on health-wise, I'm trying to balance out my hormones, my autoimmune symptoms, and regulate my digestion, it's been really nice to not have to worry about buying all these bottles of supplements. Care of makes it easy and effortless. Supplement shopping can become so expensive too, but with care of, you're really getting exactly what you need for a fraction of the price. So for 50% off of your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code VIBEWITHIN50. Take out all the pressure and the stress when it comes to getting your vitamins and your supplements and go to takecareof.com and enter the code VIBEWITHIN50 for 50% off your first order. Yeah, because, you know, the impressions we've left are, are, are you know, are vivid and strong. I, I totally understand that. I have um, something I fight against with my family. My family, for the most part, all of them are in Southern Ohio still, and it's a different, they're in a different world. They're in a different bubble than I am. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of the snowflake of the family as the, as it can be said. Um, you know, I'm liberal or, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I think they understand that. I mean, when I was in college, I was a straight up communist, but the, um, you know, I don't think they believe me to be a straight up communist anymore, but, um, and I have to really fight against thinking I'm smarter than them. Yeah. Um, which happens to me sometimes, I think just because, of our different worldviews. And um, that doesn't, that doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve them. It doesn't serve anybody when you're trying to have a conversation about that uh, or about anything. And you know, like, I'm, so I, I try to be very aware of like, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm not smarter than anybody. Right. Like, I mean, getting into that headspace for me is, is pretty problematic. I do want to read you something because um, you sent me a message today mm-hmm. that um or it was a photo and we kind of briefly talked about it, but, uh, regarding your altar uh, of what of a uh, dead lizard. Yes. Oh my God. I was going to say, how crazy is that? Yeah. So <laughs> you sent me a, a picture of a dead lizard by your altar and I was like, Oh my God. Uh, and, and you know, and I, you know, I love, I love lizards so much. I want to read you just a, a little excerpt from the herder dictionary of symbols Um, this is kind of like, it talks about the symbology that things have and like, it it plays into like archetypes and images of the subconscious and all that kind of stuff. So a lizard, uh, because of its liking for the sun, it is closely associated with light and sun symbolism. The lizard often appears as a symbol of the soul, which seeks the light of knowledge, God, the life beyond. It is depicted in this context on ancient burial monuments and funeral urns as well as in Christian art. The representation of Apollo as the lizard slayer derives from this meaning. It symbolizes the yearning of the soul to die at the hand of the God of light and and through death in the light to attain the life beyond. In the Middle Ages, a link was established beyond or between the lizard and the yearning for Christ. Uh, Having become blind in old age, the lizard regains its sight if it creeps through an eastward pointing cleft in a stone wall and gazes uninterruptedly into the rising sun, which if people are really into like alchemy and all this other stuff, they understand sun gazing and, and things like that. So there's, there's correlations there, but uh, likewise, an individual whose inner eye has begun to darken should gaze at Christ at the son of, uh, at the son of justice, the annual molting of the lizard made it a symbol of renewal and resurrection. 
Sometimes wow. a lizard has a negative symbolism in hot climates where its frequent appearance corresponds to periods of heat and drought. But what's interesting here to me, and I, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, you have a lizard, um, you know, which is representative of the soul and also representative of rebirth, dying at your altar, right? At the, at the foot of your literally. altar. Literally, yeah. Literally. And <laughs> I don't know if you have done this or not, do you, does your altar face east? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's on the porch. So when I, when I walk outside, it's, that's a good question. Because I know a lot of people put their altar eastward. And uh, the lizard regains its sight if it creeps through an eastward pointing cleft in a stone wall. And I mean, so like, obviously it doesn't have to be, you know, so I'm thinking, is this lizard creeping eastward towards your altar? to regain its sight and like the symbology of that. Cause what you're talking about uh, before I went into all this is, you know, like these, we die a thousand yeah. times, you know, yeah, we're dying yeah. every time. And so it seems to be like something that's resonant and at least, at least it's jumping out to me as, as it pertains to the things that are going on in your mind and the things that are happening in your, in your life or have been going on. And especially oh the God. way it corresponds with everything else that's going on with the pandemic. Yeah. Well, oh my God, my cat's freaking out. Oh, I thought um, that was a puppy for a second. <laughs> he acts like a dog, but he's, he's a pet. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I just found it really synchronistic that I've been binging on your podcast for the past you know, week or so. And obviously I heard that you're so obsessed with lizards and lizards don't just like peel over and die naturally here in florida like no, they're pretty yeah they're used no. to the heat <laughs> um and so my cat will will kill one now and now and again but my cat didn't kill this one because my cat would be playing with it my cat was not playing with this one at all it's almost like he didn't even see the lizard um and i found it really interesting that today of all days is the day that i was doing um jar magic and I made two jars and I did some candle magic and um, because last night I had kind of a, an intense situation with my stepfather and it turned into one of those um, arguments out of nothing. And I was like, how did this even happen? I, I went into it, you know, calmly and, and whatever, but um, <laughs> yeah, like, and just the fact that it it's literally in like the most, the most seeable spot right on the ground by my altar. Um, definitely, definitely. I think there's, it's, there's so much symbolism there and I've been seeing so many animals today and, and the past few days, probably because I've been outside more often, but just, I feel like animals are, are more, more prominent right now. For some reason. Oh my God. You just gave me the most beautiful fucking thought. Yeah. There are going to be so many fewer cars on the road, people out and about. I am like so fucking excited for like the oh, yeah. playground that animals are going to have. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, didn't have, even think about this. Yeah. Have you read? I mean, there are some studies already going right now saying that the, the pollution, um, the air pollution in China and um, in some other zone that's that's really bad has gone down like 60% or something Wow! Um, just in this quarantine situation. So that that makes me think from a whole other perspective that 
God or source or um, the divine spirit or mother Gaia, like this has, it's literally gotten to this point and she's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm putting a pandemic on, on your planet um, because I need to heal my lungs. I need to heal my, my, my body, you know, like, like the fires and um, pollution oh and, and everything. And I was just talking to my friend the other night and she was like, isn't it trippy how the Amazon was like the lungs of the, the earth and coronavirus is an attack of the lungs? Oh my God. That's, that's wow. It's just fucking, you can't, you see, you cannot make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. I'm getting so tingled over here. Like my whole body is tingling because as you're talking about this, I feel like what's going to happen. Now this is just wishful thinking or maybe it's intuition, whatever. I feel like once we come out on the other side of this, like as a globe, as a global community um, and understand that we are, you know, we are fleas living on a living cat. That is the earth. Um, Mm -hmm. that we will understand very and very near in the future. It won't take us long to get perspective on it, how good this was for the planet and for us. And that I, I feel like from here on out, there's going to be an annual event, like almost like a holiday that is going to be, it's going to be a month. It's going to be three weeks, four weeks every year where like no one's allowed to drive or like, you know what I mean? Like we're going to do it ever. I feel like we're going to take something that we think right now is awful or a lot of people think is awful and we're going to actually start doing it on purpose every I mean, I year really from here so. on out. I really hope so, Ryan, because I mean, okay. Th- I mean, I know that, you know, when people hear people talking about, oh yeah, I'm, I'm psychic and I, I, I knew this was going to happen. I'm sure so many people are saying that I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and say that, but, um, in January, okay. This was two things that really made me feel like something was going to happen. I went to the gym at LA fitness here in Tampa and I was using the sauna and this old woman, she was probably like 85 years old, walks in and for some reason, I just knew that she was going to start talking to me. I just, I literally knew it. Cause I, I just connect with old people. Like I, I feel like I am just like a really, really old person stuck in a 30 year old body. Um, so you're an old and, soul and you're an empath. Anytime another <laughs> old person comes into contact with you, they realize um, because of their ability to also connect to energy from just being alive so long, they understand that you are a conduit. Like they're, they're like, I need, okay, this is a safe spot and boom, it, here it comes. Yeah. 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 And I was like, all right, here we go. So I took off my headphones because I knew she was going to start talking to me, which she did. We got in like the deepest conversation. She's sharing personal information about her son who is um, mentally ill and slow and, and, and her life and just, just so many things. And then um, towards the end of the conversation, she said, yeah. And you know what? I mean, Armageddon's coming and I'm going to renew my, my nursing license because I know that once it hits, I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to be in those hospitals helping. Wow. And this was um, January. I want to say the second week of January. And here we are. And then yeah, and then um, and then so the second thing that kind of like hit me as like I, I guess you would say an intuitive hit um, would be. So 
I feel like our, our current reality has maxed out. So Instagram, social media, Facebook, um, entrepreneurship, um, money, fame, success, everything at all the categories, it's like hit its limit almost. And this like very sad and worried energy came into my body. And I know it wasn't mine because um, this was like a, a thought that like, I've never even like, I could never even think this before, but I, I was hit with this kind of knowing that um, in order for us to kind of blank slate it, like, like clean slate, um, something drastic like this was going to happen in order for everybody to stop bitching and complaining about burnout and actually like um actually be tossed out off of their track and and kind of refresh because i was like thinking back to like the 90s and the early in the early 2000s because i'm i was born in 89 so i i feel like i have the best of both worlds i remember what it feels like to have a normal childhood I remember what it feels like to um, just play with my friends outside as a kid. Um, and in high school too, it, it was pretty normal. There was no social media really, like my space a little bit, but I got super sad and I was like, there's no, there's no going back, is there? There's no going back. And then spirit told me, oh yeah, there is, but something drastic is going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I guess if, if it, <clears throat> excuse me, if it goes to a worldwide lockdown where everything gets shut down and everybody gets like forced home, the, you know, the servers won't be able to handle it. Social media goes down. Um, and I think there's like that, you know, that is a logical, you know, thought pro a thought experiment that you can see happening pretty easily considering when everybody in my building from the, like around five thirty to six thirty when they first come home from work or whatever, um, my internet slows down drastically yeah. and then it also slows down like at 11 o'clock at night until one o'clock in the morning because everybody's in their bedroom watching Netflix or whatever they're doing. So it gets really slow at those hours too. Um, and that's just, you know, I mean, so when you have that on like a, a, a nationwide scale or a worldwide scale, um, it could be very easily, you know, it's easy to see how all that gets shut down. Like you said, and like spirits telling you all, no, it's possible. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's very, very possible. I mean, all we have to do is have a rolling blackout here in Los Angeles. And, you know, I mean, I've had to light candles uh, in my apartment probably four times in the last six to seven months um, because the power goes out. I mean, it doesn't go out for long. But, you know, if like, the, if like a huge earthquake happens, you know, coinciding with all of this stuff that's happening now, um, that's a whole nother level for at least Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, it is interesting, like the forced situation. And I, I, I just really hope that, you know, at the end of it, like I, to me, there's like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just because I'm a weirdo and I'm like isolated a lot regardless because of just my lifestyle and my career and everything that I've been doing. But it seems like it would be really fun in my mind if everybody in the world like understood like the annual quarantine was happening and or the annual isolation event or whatever you know what i mean where it's like maybe it's not as drastic as it is now 
but you know, still pretty close. And, but, but everyone can, has a whole year to prepare for it every, every year. And it becomes yeah. this event. It's like a rebirth and it's not so much an isolation as it is a recharge, you know, we just kind of, yeah. And we, we, we change the language around it yeah. and uh, which changes, you know, and so which gives, has different connotations in our mind. And if our thoughts create our reality, then it's like, you know, it's like a beautiful thing that we get to do where everybody can look forward to this like vacation, mm-hmm. essentially. I mean, I mean, hey, like the fact that this is happening in, tw- in 2020 um, is a completely different movie than if this happened in 1980, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot different. How, how fuck would everybody be for real, for real? Um, I mean, tonight, just for an example, I just before I hopped on with you, I, um, I went into a zoom meeting that's like a it's one of those like meditation dharma recovery group meetings that i used to go to in philly and um i really i really connected with these groups of humans it it it, i went for like maybe four months and i really felt so comfortable with them and when i moved i was like fuck man like how am i gonna find a, a solid group of humans like that and it's it's been really hard and then when they told me that they were going to do the Zoom shit, I was like, I'm going to be there for sure. And, um, you know, we were all saying like, you know, it's really nice to see some of these familiar faces, even though in it's these circumstances, um, it's opening up uh, possibilities for people because maybe this, this will trickle into reality after quarantine and after all this is said and done. And, you know, hopefully it won't, it won't be too, too long, but if it is, um, we are so lucky that we live in this, in this era and this, like, we can just hop online and, and have a NA meeting or a a meditation meeting. Like how fucking lucky are we? And I feel like it is going to help heal the earth, um, on a physical level, as far as like pollution and, and, you know, the fires and, and all that. And also, um, help people realize how much waste they create how much, um, how shitty they eat, (laughs) um, how much they rely on like material items. And also like, you know, I'm sure everybody listening knows who Gary Vee is. This is a huge thing that Gary Vee talks about all the time. Like till he's blue in the face is you can be a millionaire, but are you scraping by because you have such a high luxury lifestyle that you're just, you're not even a millionaire. You're just living paycheck to paycheck pretty much, which is totally bonkers and fucking insane to me. Um, are like how many things in your life do you have that you really don't need that you could be saving that money and living a more low key life and a more enjoyable life with less stress. Um, and, and enjoying your relationships more rather than focusing on making $80,000, um, to pay for that car that you're just driving to fucking work and home with, you know, like for what? Yeah. And it's, I was thinking about this last night as I was taking out our recycling and I was like, oh, we should, um, we should do a better job of crushing the recycling. Mm. So there's more space, um, for more, more recycling in our in our specific because we have a recycling trash can and we also have a trash trash can in our kitchen and so i'm like if we crush the recycling we take up less space and then more recycling can fit in because i know there's people in my building who are like oh the recycling dumpster is filled i'll just throw this shit in the trash yeah you know i mean 
It, it definitely happens. And yeah. the, um, but the good news is this, a, a year ago, not even a year ago, maybe a, right around a year ago, year and a half ago, there was one trash can in my parking garage, um, like one of those bigger trash cans that was for recycling. And I swear we were the only people using it. I, it, it sure felt like that. And then cut to a year later, now there's like a large, like a very large dumpster that fills up immediately with recycling mm-hmm. uh, in, our comp- in our complex's parking garage. So like within the, within the course of like 12 months, it went from nobody seemed to give a shit mm-hmm. to there's not enough space for all the recycling people want to do. Right. Um, so, I mean, to me, that's like indicative of like thing, the arrow pointing in the, the right direction. And, and I think this will also be very helpful for people because I know I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about like, what am I wasting? What am I, what am I doing here? Uh, What am I creating that is not needed? More awareness. And what I was going to say is um, when you're talking about like how much recycling and I was thinking, oh, wow, like the recycling people who work and the trash people. And this got me thinking today um, that, so I saw a meme, good old memes, you know, just delivering that straight truth. But um, it was like, we have to remember that in this time, it wasn't the millionaires, it wasn't the CEOs, it wasn't the executives who were saving our lives during coronavirus quarantine. It was the people who were working at grocery stores. It was the people working at gas stations, um, at hospitals. Um, all, all of the quote unquote low end jobs, right? All the, all the jobs that people don't want, right? That people uh, like, you know, in this, in, especially in, in the entrepreneur world and the self-development world and the, and the manifesting world. And I have nothing against it. I think that we should all be manifesting everything that we, that we desire to make ourselves happy. But at the same time, people are like, leave that job and fuck a nine to five. And, and if you don't like your job, then, then leave it. Like, you don't need that, that hourly job. Like, like, but those are the people who are like really serving their country right now. Like, do you think people at the grocery store want to be there during this? Fuck no. They're they're like, I don't want to catch this shit from these, these people like who need to buy their junk food, you know? Yeah. This is, this is a part I have to be careful about because this activates my anger. (laughs) Um, and I'm aware of that because I, you know, I, I was in the service industry for, you know, for the better part of close to, you know, 12, 15 years as a waiter and I waited tables. I, I had to go into work on nine 11 Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget like having to get people refills while there are people on the big screen TV in the bar jumping out of windows to their death. Right. And I'm, and I'm not getting someone's iced tea for them fast enough. You know what I mean? Like, I'll never forget those, those moments. And it's the only time in my life I've ever told a customer to go fuck themselves. And Rightfully that, so. And that customer was told never to come back to the restaurant and I kept my job. But mm-hmm. um, that's a whole nother story. But like yeah. the idea that um, the, the big thing that we fight against, I think, in this world, I mean, you're, you're in this world, is... And I don't want to label it necessarily, but for the sake of like descriptors, I will. It's like the trust, it's trust fund spiritualism mm-hmm. and the trust fund spiritualism and like the, uh, the supermodel new age. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like these super beautiful, rich 
people, young people like telling, you know, saying, you know, all you have to do is believe, quit right. those jobs and things like that. <laughs> and you can have, you know, 500,000 followers on Instagram and, you know, be a brand, uh, you uh-huh. know, be a, be an influencer of yeah. the, of the new age. And it's, you know, it's an irresponsible it's an irresponsible thing to do. And I mean, and that's why so many people are like, hate the fucking new age and hate the woo shit because they see that because that's what kind of makes it, that's what makes it out to the, to the mainstream. Right. Because it has that reach. Like this has been on my mind so much recently and it's, it's for a good reason. I mean, um, (laughs) what's funny is that if somebody looks at my Instagram, they might think that um, because I have a certain amount of followers and that life is so easy. I've, I've literally had people, you know, Instagram message me like, how did you get followers? And it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to do that because what is that going to, what good is that going to do for people? Like, um, who am I to have my own brand? Like, yeah, but um, you're not telling people to, to quit their jobs. You're not, right. you're not telling right. people how, like, you know, you're not telling people to abandon their life and just like, just believe, you know, it's right. like, like that, without that whole, any like, substance. That whole like, um, uh, like manifesting um, your perfect reality. And it, it's, it just honestly, to me, I feel like that's, that's great. Everybody deserves that. But there, there needs to be... Um, a a layer of gratitude because I feel like people are losing that because of social media and how everybody's just comparing their lives to other people. Oh, well, that person has 500,000 followers. It looks like they're not even working and, and they have such an easy life. I want that. That's like, that's like the new, the new wave, um, not millennial, but the, the generation after that's like the, the new, um, American like dream or something like, like weird like social media american dream that's like that's if you have that kind of life and you're traveling and you're somebody taking pictures of you who who knows who that person is they're probably just you know mm-hmm. you know it's very strange it's very bizarre and i think that this has to tie in with why maybe um this current reality is is happening with the forcing of people to really take a look at their lives and um, you know, if you're following someone who's making you feel like shit, you know, if, if you're following someone who just posts video selfies of their body in a bikini and, and there's like no text to like kind of, um, make it helpful to humanity or help, then maybe unfollow them, you know, like why, I feel like a lot of us are kind of torturing ourselves by, by, um, being part of it. And, um, I'll tell you, like when I was going through my Saturn return, like the beginning of it, I was like, fuck this. I'm unfollowing every yoga account that makes me feel like shit. I'm unfollowing every travel blogger who makes me feel unworthy. And my entire world cracked open. Like it was insane how fast things started coming through. Yeah. I mean, we oftentimes we are very active participants in our own misery. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's, you know, it's easy just to click the unfollow button, I guess. But, and, you know, and admittedly, I get, you know, I, I try not to be cranky about shit, but, you know, every once in a while I do get cranky. Like just hearing the word influencer makes me want to fucking throw up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm also a 43 year old guy. You know what I mean? So it's like certain things, you know, are easily solved when it comes to why does singer hate 
hearing the word influence. Well, you know, because I'm of that generation, it's like you used to get famous because you did something. Right. You know, like, like the, you really worked at, you really, you created like something. Like talent. Like, right. Like yeah. Pure, like singing, acting, dancing. Uh-huh. Like that's, and now, you know. Yeah. And so now people want to get famous so then they can go do stuff or make stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, the problem isn't the people and the, the blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's the idea of famous is yeah. like, who like gives the, a shit? Exactly. I think that that's, that's the, the mindset that is perpetually kind of um, killing everyone and, and making them not enjoy their lives to the fullest because we want legacy and we want to be known and we want to be heard and seen and felt and read and which is great. And, but why? I think a lot of that is rooted in some kind of pain or um, trauma that, you know, maybe as a child, those people weren't seen or heard or felt or loved enough. And, and now in order to feel that, that validation, um, you want, you want to be seen on a really large scale to make up for it. Yeah. Cause you say, Hey, see, I am worth it. Mm-hmm. Hey, I am worthy of love. Don't you see it now? Um, I used to tell an apocryphal story because someone had told it to me and I thought it was true about Huey Lewis and younger people probably don't know who Huey Lewis is, but he was a huge rock star when I was younger. And this guy told me this great story about how like his dad hated the fact that he was going into rock and roll music and thought he was, it wasn't a real job and all this kind of stuff. And then next, you know, Huey Lewis is selling out Wembley stadium, you know, in England. He's like, and like, he comes over to the United States. They're on a huge tour in the United States and he leaves two tickets for his dad at every concert. His dad never shows up. Right. And, um, so finally one day he calls his dad and he's like, dad, I'm, I'm selling out. I sold out, you know, like Madison square garden or whatever it is, or giant stadium, 60,000 people, whatever it is. He goes, he goes, aren't you proud of me? Everybody, you know, I've done it, but you know, everybody loves us. And then his dad says to him on the phone, if everybody loves you, you're doing something wrong and hangs up. Wow. And then Huey Lewis has to go on stage and play for 65,000 people that love him after hearing that. I tell that story to a comedian friend of mine who used to open for Huey Lewis back in the day. And he just starts laughing his ass off. Cause he's like, Huey Lewis and his dad were best friends. That's like the most crazy made up story I've ever heard. But when I was younger, <laughs> that's the kind of story that it was like, you know, that resonated with me. Um, yeah. Like before my Saturn return era, because I was like, you know what, you know, it's like, this is the fuel that I will use to become the greatest. It's like, you know, when someone wrongs you or doubts you and I, you know, saved rejection letters in my emails so I could be like, I'm going to remember these letters. So these people know when I make it that they were wrong. Yeah. Right. And so like, that's like such a big part of, you know, the dramatic narrative and the hero tale in this country specifically, especially in athletics. Um, you, it, they always are talking about like professional athletes who, who had a chip, have chips on their shoulder and they'll never forget being passed over. And people love those stories. And, um, you know, cause it's like part of the new, this very young culture um, that Tom Hardman talks about in this book called The Prophet's Way, which is so good about like the difference between young culture and old culture and old cultures don't destroy the world. Younger yeah. cultures do. And yeah, but 
yeah i mean and but i think it's flip-flopping now kind of oh yeah i mean like i don't necessarily mean like or what he means by that specifically isn't like if a culture is you know in the last you know so and so years that doesn't mess that doesn't necessarily make it a a younger culture okay. it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. the older culture and the younger culture are descriptors for the way they go about like an older culture believes they are one with the earth younger mm -hmm. culture believes they are separate from mm -hmm. and above and better than um like the earth and all of its creatures uh in the same way like some people would like pray over an animal before they ate it thanking the animal for for giving up its life and understanding the cycle of life, et cetera, et cetera. That's like an example of, of what an older culture would be like, yeah. um, as opposed to like mass producing, um, you know, hamburger meat or chicken and things like that, that we're doing in this country. But, yeah. And I, I hope that actually, I, maybe that this whole situation will, will make people realize um, maybe they don't need to eat a lot of meat, but what, what I was going to say before I forget, isn't it kind of ironic that um and i'm not i'm not making light of this issue at all that people are losing their jobs i think it's terrible and i think that hopefully it's just temporary but um at the same time the people who are influencers or um youtube stars with you know because youtube makes a lot of money um those are the people who are still having jobs right now yeah i mean it is it's interesting and and i don't um, and it's like words are words and it's like associations and meanings that we attach to them that are, you know, that can cause us problems sometimes. And it's like, when it comes to like embracing a new world and change, um, you know, everyone goes through it as they get older and struggles with certain things that are a lot different than they are accustomed to. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, um, quote unquote influencers, or YouTube stars, you know, because YouTube stars have been making millions of dollars for years now. It's no, it's no big mm -hmm. surprise. And in the world of stand-up comedy, you know, that's been a, a big bone of contention for a lot of comics because YouTube stars will go to a city and they'll sell out a theater when a comic isn't even selling out a comedy club, you know, with fewer seats. And then they'll hear the story about how the YouTube star is at the theater and they do 15 minutes of something of some kind of performance of some kind and then just spend an hour and 15, 20 minutes doing questions and answers. Yeah. And, and that's their performance. And they're like, they call themselves a comedian. Right. And yeah. so, and so then comedians are like, that's not what they're calling themselves a comedian. They're just doing Q and A's in 15 minutes of guard, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Hey man, you know, those people weren't going to, those people weren't going to come see me. If someone likes Jake Paul, is that a YouTube guy's name? I'm I don't know. Sure. Like, I'm I'm not sure the YouTube star names, but um, the uh, like it's there's plenty of people to go around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your audience I... finds you. Their audience finds them, and if their audience is taking joy from a, a 90 minute Q and A, if they find joy and pleasure from that, why are you mad at them for right. like? Why are you mad at those people for going out, leaving the house, and supporting someone, and enjoying it? Like they're not stealing money from you, um, right. which is the problem. Because we all like to think that if someone didn't do it the way we did it, they're doing it wrong. And yeah, that's it's just not, not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. And it's just not <laughs> true. Because yeah. there's older comics than me who probably thought I did it wrong. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, um, it's just the times yeah. are the times are changing. Technology is changing. Uh, the way that we do things, the way that we live life is changing. You know. Yeah, and once we realize that we're all connected and we all are the same, and that we're all special, as opposed to wanting to be special or more special than the rest. Uh, once we realize that we're all fucking worthy of being famous, if that's the way we want to look at it, we're all fucking famous. Like every single one of us is special and everyone should think of themselves in that way. But I'm curious for you when it like, uh, like about the way you're, I mean, I don't know what kind of you were doing like in Philly necessarily uh, or previous, but like when it comes to like, if you had to characterize the journey you've been on the last couple of years, how would you, how would you characterize that? Fucking basically if, if I were to sum it up, it would be, the universe um, punching me across the face and, you know, I, I fall on the ground and then she gracefully picks me back up and I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And then she just pushes me back on the ground again. <laughs> um, but basically why the reason why I, I randomly went to Philly is because um, I went to, so I was working for Envision Music Festival um, last year. And I went, I had a great time. I did drugs, I danced, I met, I met a guy who I really connected with. Um, and at the time I was living in Miami. Um, I went back to Miami and I was in, in the process of moving apartments and a realtor uh, scammed me and my, my roommate. He was gonna be my roommate at the time and said, uh, sorry, you're not gonna get this apartment because of a marijuana charge on your record eight years ago. And we had already signed the lease. We already gave her money. Um, so I remember the moment that that happened. It's like my entire reality just collapsed. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is no joke. I'm going to have to put my stuff in storage. I'm going to have to give my cat to my mom. It's it's situations like that that will happen in your Saturn return that are kind of just like, it's just a complete shake of of your current reality. Um, something that you couldn't plan for, something that you uh, had no idea could even happen. It just totally catches you off guard. Um, So a lot of situations like that, um, a lot of ungrounding situations, and and you're also very isolated during your Saturn return. And I know everybody's different. I mean, some people might not feel as alone as others, but overall, when you're dealing with so many rock bottoms and then you're feeling being lifted again and then you hit another rock bottom, it's really hard to grasp and have like a solid group of friends because you feel so unstable. So it's honestly like Saturn return kind of forces you to, to crawl in your shell and deal with things on your own because um, you know that your life is just fucking chaotic and you don't really want to be bringing people down around you that that's at least my experience but that's that's how i kind of labeled it as is it's forcing you to just deal with your life and all of the all the rock bottoms and um i can i can honestly say that every rock bottom that i've been that i've been through in the past 2 years has gracefully led me to this moment and um you know everything it has a reason and once you start to look at at your rock bottoms and your 
situations and your experiences written out. Like if, if your listeners do that writing prompt that, that we were talking about in the beginning, you can literally see how the universe so thoughtfully crafts out what like the path that you're going on. Like, you know, um, the reason why I didn't get that apartment was because I needed to go to Philly because I needed to realize how much um, my health was not doing all right. And then that led me to having a realization that I needed to move in with my mom. Um, the, you know, there's, there's a rhyme and reason for everything. And the, the synchronicities are like stepping stones. And the universe is very artistic and creative when it comes to um, that the universe getting us to where we need to be. And sometimes it has to be done in a drastic way because we're not, um, we're not, we're not there doing it. So it has to happen in, in kind of a mean way. <laughs> yeah. Like pay attention to me, asshole. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> yeah. There's, I, I, I realized you, I don't know when it was, but I was like, you know, rock bottom is where I drill for oil. And it's like, that's where like the real work gets done and like the real gold comes from when it comes to like trans transforming myself. And the, yeah, I mean, cause I've had, I've definitely had some, my share of rock bottoms and I, you know, some people listening to this might feel like, well, I, the way it's being described, I feel like I've been in a Saturn return for 15 years. Yeah, uh, no, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? Uh, you know, what, you know, is, is, am I experiencing uh, time slower than everybody else? Why is it lasting <laughs> am I in, so like, long? like a wormhole or some Saturn return <laughs> wormhole? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. I the more the more days that pass, the more connected I feel to literally everyone on the planet. The more excitement begins to bubble inside of me during this whole pandemic uh, period. The more I'm, I'm so optimistic about. I'm trying not to be. I, I think some people. I don't know if people are calling it toxic positivity. Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying not to be dismissive of other people's struggle and pain. Um, but my buddy Noah and I were talking about this. It's about having foresight in the present. And when you have four, when you're, if you're able to achieve foresight in the present moment, it makes it difficult to be really upset about anything um, because you kind of understand all of its context and you're able to separate yourself from it while you're experiencing it. Um, and that can come off at times to other people as being inconsiderate uh, or not taking something seriously. And there is a difference between those two things. But, and I don't know how things are going to go. I don't know how long this is going to last. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of it. I am optimistic. Do you, do you have a sense of where you think the world's going to be in a few months? I mean, um, I, I, sadly, I can see this going for, you know, maybe, maybe this will be a, a longer stretch of, of quarantine than we really think it's going to be. But on the brighter side, it could be over in a month and then everything goes back to normal and um, everybody goes back to their materialistic lives and 
Um, they don't focus on healing the relationships. I just think that, um, I, I, but I do think that people are going to remember this and they're going to, they're going to realize that, um, wow, like that made me look at my life in a different way because I had nowhere to, to fill a void or run or hide or, um, escape or, you know, march out of the house during an argument. <laughs> um, yeah. so I think that it could go either way, but I feel like we are very lucky that we have the capability to connect with people, um, in the way that we are. And I, I just hope that, um, I hope people can just start to heal like emotionally. And I feel like this is just like the best invitation from the universe to start healing, um, pain, like emotional pain. Yeah. That's a beautiful sentiment. And speaking on behalf of comedians everywhere, even though they wouldn't want me to do so, I'm going to do it anyway. I, uh, we do hope that I do hope that this whole thing just doesn't go in the history books as a punchline um, that, that we can all just kind of reference back to. Um, and cause I think, it, I think it has the potential to be so much more than that um, for everyone. And um, you know, I get the sense that uh, we might be headed in that direction, but I do, I do think you're right. Um, you know, it could be a lot longer than just this month. And, you know, and we'll have to, and we'll approach that when we get there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, because it's, I used to tell people nothing good happens in the future in my mind. Um, meaning that, like, I was very good at imagining a disastrous future. And, and that's usually where my mind had gone in the past. And I've been really working on changing that wiring. And this is probably the first time that I realized that some of that work has maybe it's been effective to some degree because I'm just not, I mean, I do have my moments where I go, like, I need to get $200 worth of tobacco, uh, even though I don't fucking use tobacco anymore. I need to like, you know, like I need to put tinfoil on my walls. I mean, like 5G, now the pandemic, the Corona, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> oh okay. Oh my God, the conspiracy theory, <laughs> yeah, yeah. people are probably rolling in their grave right now. Like I told you this is going to fucking happen. Yeah. And you know what? And, and I used to be hardcore conspiracy theory person and I still, have a toe in that world certainly yeah. but um the uh yeah it's uh but that part of my brain that activates from fear you know i think it's it's helpful once we understand like what parts of our brain get activated when we're scared and luckily i'm old enough now to kind of know that it's addiction and it's uh you know apocalyptic paranoia even if it's not the coronavirus but um yeah i think we're gonna do it i think we're gonna be okay um yeah. I, I am interested to know if w what your future is going to be with these animals that you keep seeing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like me and my cat have such a strong connection right now. I've been dreaming a lot about my cat and the other day I feel like, Oh, this is like really cool to, to share. Um, I asked my spirit guides to, sh to like be more noticeable. Like I'm ready for more, like, can you just please come through? Like, I'm tired of these little tiny symbols. Like, you know, show me something bigger. Give me and, the feature. I'm tired yeah. of these uh, trailers. <laughs> and so I was writing in my journal and I was like manifesting some stuff that I'm looking in, looking for in a partner and, and just in my life. And my cat slowly walks up my leg, slowly walks up onto my desk, smells the candles, looks at the crystals, 
lies down right on the, the, the side that I'm writing on in my journal and starts staring at me in a way that he's never stared at me like this before. And I just got so overwhelmed. I started crying. And whenever that happens, whenever I just start crying out of nowhere, I know that my spirit guides are around me and my angels and um, one of my friends who passed away years ago. Um, and I was like, wow, like you are my spirit, like, like this cat, this is my familiar. And he is my spirit guide. He is like, he, he came down into this earth and plopped in my backyard when I was living in Miami. Um, he was like half dead and I saved him and he saved me. And, you know, it sounds corny, but like, he literally we're like attached. Like, I feel like we're, we're soul attached. So, um, yeah, like definitely. And and it's cool because people are talking right now with the quarantine stuff that it's a great time to to rescue an animal and to like call up the shelters and see if any animals need a home for, you know, however long we're in quarantine for or whatever. Yeah, that's true. And it is it's a great time if you're able to do so. Um if you have the means to to be able to do it. Um what's your cat's name? Nar. Nar. Like, like gnarly but nar. <laughs> Yeah, like these waves are gnar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these waves are gnar gnar, dude. Gnar <laughs> gnar. <laughs> he's, he's fucking crazy too. Oh my so God, he lives that's a up great to the name. name. For a cat. Gnar. Oh my God. It's is it uh how do you spell it? G N A R. Yeah, okay. Okay. okay I'll send you right. a picture of him. He's so oh, cute. Oh please, please do. That's so cool. Gnar. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally right next to me. Oh, that's so cool. Um well, Gab, this has been fun. I mean, we'll have to touch base again, uh, you know, as we as we wade our way through the, all this shadow work, uh, this, yeah. this global shadow work that's being thrust upon us. Because um, I don't even think, now that it's it's occurring to me now that we didn't specifically, I was, I was hoping we'd talk specifically more about like the nature of shadow work. And um so maybe we'll do that on the next one if I can. Yeah, remember. definitely. Yeah, because um, I think that'd be a fun talk. Because I think a lot of people are going to be hearing this phrase in the next couple months. Yeah, and um, I think a lot of people have not heard it before and don't understand how to do it or what it means or what it looks like or what it feels like. And, and don't understand how beautiful it is. Uh, yeah, and that, and that it's not something that we should have like uh, you know fear. Uh, we shouldn't be experiencing the like it's don't have the same connotations as like, you know, it's not like Michael Myers is showing up or one of these, you know, like a horror film is showing up and there's a shadow person. Like, you know, if someone has sleep paralysis or whether it's the gin or sleep paralysis or whatever, we're not talking about like a shadow person showing up and like no, you yeah, know, making like, you feel like you can't breathe. You know, that's, it's a little, it's a different thing than that. But it's almost uh, like you're freeing yourself of your shadow by facing it. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, so maybe we'll do that in the near future. Um, yeah. But I want to remind people where they can find you on the internet. Um, the Vibe Within is your podcast, um, mm -hmm. available everywhere uh, that people get their podcasts. Um, you are doing, which I have to do, I have to jump in on this if you're going to keep doing them, the yoga sessions. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing them. Um, I've been doing these Instagram Live yoga sessions, and it's cool because, you know, with Instagram Live, they're up for 24 hours, so... Um, I've been getting a lot of people saying that they've they've needed it and it's cool to see a lot of the yoga studios doing it now and doing virtual classes. So um and I also have a um a modern meditations, um guided meditations and creative journaling workshop that I created. It's it's a really easy um download online workshop and 
it's, it's all about shadow work. And I, I, I recorded over eight hours of audio guided meditations with binaural beats. And then it's about eight worksheets full of prompts that I use in my daily practice um, as far as writing and, and connecting to my shadow and healing my inner, inner child trauma and, and all those wounds. So if, if your followers are in, interested in that, um, uh, we can, I can send you the link for that. You just buy it on Etsy. Damn, you're down there in Florida doing the work. <laughs> Actually, I made that when I was deep in my Saturn return dark phase um, in, in Philly. Philly. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you've been doing, you've been going at it for a while. And that's where the interview ended. But yes, Ryan, I have been at it for a while. <laughs> I have been at it for a while. I've been at the shadow work demon realms for a while. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for tuning into that episode with Ryan Singer. You can find more of Ryan and his podcasts. He has two podcasts. One of them is called Me and Paranormal You, and the other one is called This is Where the Magic Happens, where he co-hosts with Angela Level, and they talk about magic and sex and rituals and all the juicy juiciness that you need and it really makes me laugh a lot so if you need a podcast that is chop full of laughter and lightheartedness go check it out Um, if you'd like to support this podcast you know what to do you can just rate subscribe or review on itunes Um, doing that really helps the podcast thrive and rise to the surface organically and it's free to do that and it takes 30 seconds of your day so if you haven't done that already please go do that or you can just share this episode with a friend or a family member you can screenshot it text it copy the link do whatever you'd like and it's because of you guys that the podcast is thriving um you know this is a one-woman show i do it all from the floor of my bedroom my mic and my old ass macbook pro (laughs) computer so i just really am so appreciative and grateful for you guys and all the support and keep um contacting me you know you can dm me on instagram you can email me I answer everybody's emails and everybody's DMs, and I, I really enjoy connecting with you guys um, in more of a 5D, 6D realm instead of just photos and, you know, text. Um, and you can also send me audio messages if that's your thing on Instagram. I love audio messages. That's like, that's like where I'm at right now. I love a good audio message. So I'll leave you with the rest of this song, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, your morning, whatever time it is, and we will hang out soon. See ya.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.